really appreciated every one of those songs we sang because, you know, we're going to be talking about love today and, and so much of, of what we sang was, was really, uh, you know, embedded, you know, in the, and uh, what we're going to be studying. We're going to be studying uh, love, um, specifically love one another, and uh, it's, it's going to be taken out of 1 Peter, uh, the end of chapter 1 and uh, beginning of chapter 2. And I, uh, I, I think that's kind of neat that this comes from Peter. Because remember, Peter said, I'll do anything for you. You know, nothing's going to happen to you. I'm not going to allow anything, uh, any harm to come to you. I will never deny you. Uh, remember all those promises that he gave. And then as Jesus was standing in front of Herod, uh, or Pontius Pilate, rather, he... Uh, he denied him three times. And so, you know, we realize that, that love isn't just good intentions. You know, it's something that, that, that comes from our heart. And, and later on, uh, and we, we just covered this in uh, Sunday school this morning, where Jesus appeared to the uh, disciples. Uh, Jesus had gone. They figured, well, he's gone. Uh, I used to be a fisherman. I think I'll go back to fishing. So there they were fishing, and Jesus knew exactly what, how to, you know, how to get Peter's attention again. And uh, they went out all night, and they didn't catch a thing. And so, uh, you know, they were coming in, and uh, this guy on the shore uh, says, uh, you guys didn't catch anything, did you? Nope. And then he, uh, he said, well, just throw your net on the right side of the boat. And all of a sudden, they caught everything. Here was Jesus' way of saying, if you get off the track, it's, not, it's going to be all your own, and you're not going to have God's blessing. But if you do what God says, then you'll have his blessing. So there's no retiring uh, from whatever your mis mis ministry is. Uh, if you're an empty nester uh, and you used to have kids, you've still got kids, don't you? You still have uh, kids that you can help. You still have kids that you can, you can help, you know, direct and they will, uh, they'll always need your help. And uh, when they get to the point where they finally figure it out and, and, and you have grandkids, you get, to, you get to do the same thing with your grandkids. You know, love is something that we, uh, we're gonna read here, we're gonna read out of First Peter, and if you have your Bibles open, uh, I'm not sure if there's anything in the chair in front of you other than a hymnal, but uh, you know, if you can find one or look in the person next to you. Uh, going to First Peter chapter one, you know, verse 22, uh, we'll start there. And uh, let's pray beforehand. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I just pray that as we open up your word that uh, you would realize that it, it's not just uh, uh, the, Peter, uh, the people that Peter was uh, talking to in what, what today is uh, modern-day Turkey, but, but he's talking to us as well. And the, the issues that they have in their life are the same issues as we have in our life. <laughs> Uh, the same temptations they have in their life, we do as well. <clears throat> so, Lord, I just pray that you'd uh, just speak to our hearts this morning. It might be your Holy Spirit that would teach us, uh, that we'd be uh, following along uh, in our Bibles if we can. So if we've got to look back on something, we can do it. But, Lord, it's, it's really you, and this is your word, and uh, we want it to apply to our lives. And we'll just thank you for your promise of 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 doing that for us. You're waiting for us to do that, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, in uh, 1 Peter 
chapter 1, verse 22. We'll start reading there. Um, By obedience to the truth, having purified yourselves for sincere love of the brothers, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Verse 23. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like a flower of the grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached as the gospel to you. So rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants, desire the pure spiritual milk so that you may grow by it for your salvation, since you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now we're going to be, uh, we're going to be talking about love today. And, uh, and I uh, want you to notice in, uh, in our text that we love earnestly from a pure heart uh, because what we have done is we've been changed. Okay, now, the world loves, but their definition of love is, is different from what God wants us to be. Uh, God sacrificially loved us. God sac- wants us to sacrificially love each other. So that's one thing. And another thing is that we are here as a group. We are here as a body of Christ. If your body doesn't work together, you got problems. Okay, different parts of your body have different functions. And it might be that, that you are a part of this church to, to satisfy a particular function for the church. Uh, many of you are active in the church, and that's, that's important. But the whole point is that this love is a love that only God can give. Um, Sunday school, we learned a song, even. First John 4, 7, and 8. Uh, Beloved, love one another, for love is of God. And he that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Uh, if you don't, first of all, you have to be born again. And so what, what John is talking to, the people he's talking to here are people who are born-again Christians. Uh, it, I mean, we're all born physically, but just as the grass uh, withers and the flower falls, we're not going to live forever. And I love, you know, even some of our songs we, we talked about this morning, you know, we're, we're, you know when, when, the, when the end is in sight, you know, when pain is over, you know, we want to be able to, uh, you know, be with the Lord. Uh, and it's, uh, we're not going to live forever. And so all of the things that we hang on to here, uh, I mean, we have so much to be thankful for that uh, we tend to start to worship those things, don't we? So it's important that we realize that the Lord is the most important thing in our life. So, uh, so we read through First Peter, and as I mentioned, uh, agape love, that, that's the kind of love that, that God has. It's a sacrificial love, and it's it will result in an action. What, I think what, we, uh, what I may have pointed out is that, you know, we can, uh, some people say that, that uh, love is an action. 
Well, uh, love is an action, but it has to come from the heart, as, as, uh, as Peter said. It has to come purely from the heart and, and uh, okay, let's go back and make sure we use his words. Okay, and we'll love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Now, this is something that kind of comes automatically, uh, like uh, you know, a mother for a child, uh, you know, for for a real close friend, you know, somebody that you're 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 with. I mean, you know, it, you're bonded together, and you're going to make sure that you take care of them. This is the kind of love that that God has for us, and the kind of love that He wants us to have for others. Now, you can be like a Pharisee and say, "Well, who was my neighbor?" Now they had a uh, they had a very unique uh, definition for neighbor. My neighbor is the ones that I like. Okay, well I mean, it's, and and you know you look at the world and what they'll do is they'll be they'll love their neighbors. You know they'll love the people that they like. But agape love is loving all others. It's having a natural uh, feeling that I want to help you. It's a godly love, and so we, I want to help you, not mow your lawn, I want to help you know the Lord better. And so it's, it's, a, it's a constant relationship that's centered on Jesus Christ and how he works in our life and how God wants us to be transformed, uh, you know, by the renewing of our mind, to have the mind of Christ and to be transformed to, in the image of Jesus Christ. And that's the kind of love we're talking about. It's, a, it's a very important. So love is not... Love is not what we do. It's who we are. In other words, I can do a lot of things, and that's doing church. Uh, you know, Pastor, uh, you know, has talked before about uh, we're, we're supposed to be doing the work of the church, not church work. You know, we can do a lot of things in the flesh, but what we really need, uh, thank you for reminding me, mine may go off, and I will turn mine off. Okay. So off. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so uh, the question is, how can we love others automatically from our heart? I mean, you have to. It, how many of you would agree with me that there's probably somebody here, maybe even this room, maybe, uh, that really irritates you? <laughs> Nobody is being honest. Come on. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. i got to have two hands... And, and a foot. <laughs> How does he do that? So uh, now, now the, the point here is that we don't automatically love. And that's why Peter said, love one another. That's a command. Why is it a command? Because the people he was talking to weren't doing it either. It's not an automatic response for a normal human being to be that way. It's our human nature. It's something we have to change in our lives. So um, to this point, uh, we're going to take advantage of a book that, that, that we've been going through, you know, in, in, in terms of Bible study. It's called Everyday Church, and it's by Tim Chester and, and Stephen Timmis. Do we have an extra copies of this around? No, we don't. Uh, according to this, ooh, $15. But <clears throat> uh, you can borrow my copy when, when we're finished here. But the point is that it has all kinds of practical advice on how you can cooperate with the Holy Spirit in order to be changed into that person that has automatic love for everybody. And here's the part you're really going to love. How to love your enemies. Okay, now there's people that you 
you know, how can you possibly love somebody who's, whose only purpose in life is to be a thorn in your flesh? Well, uh, get the book, Everyday Church. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at uh, chapter three of that. Just want to tell you ahead of time. And we're going to look at five principles for community-based, gospel-centered, mutual care. We're going to find out why each one of those things is important. And then we're going to look at four liberating truths for those whom we care about. And I'm going to skip a whole bunch of pages here because we've already covered them last week. Um, but the point is that whenever we meet together, we need to be gospel intentional. Okay, we've been through power outage. We've been through lots of cold. We've been through I can't find a gas station that's open. We've been through, uh, you know, what do I, you know, the grocery store, uh, you know, ran out of fill in the blank. Those are all the things that the world is talking about, or at least Rochester. Okay, I mean, that's, that's life, that's normal life. Now the question is, how do you see God working through a situation? How do you see the fact that there are people in our church who are saying, uh, you know, calling up and saying, do you have a, a warm place to stay? We have an extra bedroom, uh, you know, eat over at our house, uh, uh, you know, whatever. We, 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 have a, we have space heaters, we got generators. Uh, you know, that, that's the sort of thing that, that the whole world can do, yet we're doing it because we want, and, and that's, this needs to be part of your conversation, we need to be one because we're one body in Christ and we want to take care of each other, and God will provide, and we want to give God credit when he provides. So this is the whole thing for being, being uh, gospel intentional. So, and, and while we're there, the important thing is our spiritual health. So what are we reading in our Bible? You know, what are, what are our spiritual struggles? Uh, am I really concerned about, about people that, that, I mean, I see them, they're working in, in, in howling winds and driving snow and they're up, on the, uh, up, up there on these, uh, uh, what do they call them? Uh, cherry pickers. Uh, you know, putting the, putting the phone poles back together and, the, and, and wires, live wires together. Well, I praise the Lord for that. You know that they're doing that, and if they want to take a half-hour coffee break, that's fine with me because I sure don't want to do the rest of their job. So, in other words, are we looking at, at how God provides and how God is using them, and we ought to thank them that they are doing what God, uh, you know, is is directing them to do, and, and tell them they're they're doing God's work. Bring them a cup of coffee. <laughs> so we we uh, so we, we last week we did a, a we covered two things. Two of the principles. One is we need to care for each other every day. Now it's one thing to come in here on Sunday and I can tell you how to love one another. You're going to forget about it this afternoon. Okay? So you need to have somebody with you this afternoon that's going to say, we need to be loving each other. You know, let's not criticize, you know, let's love one another. Um, and the same thing on Tuesday, same thing on Wednesday, same thing on Thursday. It, and it's fine for pastor to be up here, you know, on Sunday morning, but He's not with you all the time. Yes, you can text him, but that's different from having an ongoing conversation. Uh, God bless you for, for texting. The only reason I, I text is because, you know, we, I used to work with computers, and there was such a thing as, a, as an unmaskable interrupt. Whatever you're doing, quit, because I'm the more important than you. And there, there are, you know, like disk drives, uh, you know, have to work that way. But texting is is the kind of is a maskable interrupt. 
so that if you have a chance, call me back. You see, that, that way I'm not interrupting you in the middle of you know, just, just barging into a conversation or anything like that. Um, and we can do that. We can communicate with each other, but there's nothing like a phone call. And even better with a phone, than a phone call is what we do with our kids that, that live in Chicago, uh, Indonesia, uh, uh, New Zealand. Uh, it's called Skype. That's even better. You know, you're talking with a person face to face. So don't, don't just limit yourself to, uh, to texting. We've got to care for each other one, day, one, uh, one another, and it has to be something that, that is gospel intentional. How are you doing? How can I help you? Uh, what can I, what's the most important thing I can pray for you know, in your life? And that's really uh, more than, uh, than just, just the text. So we do have Bible studies throughout the week. Um, and I, I think it's kind of neat. I, I just recommend to you, uh, you know, get there early, uh, leave late. That way you can talk to each other. Oh, you know, we got to, it's great here because we do stay and we talk to each other. Uh, but try to make it gospel intentional. Okay, let's not just complain about our work situation or, oh, my boss doesn't know how to... Uh, Fill in the blank. <laughs> okay, find out the needs of each other and pray for each other then and, and write it down or, or whatever so you can pray. Uh, you know, and decide how physical needs can be met. I mean, it's one thing to have a meeting and just talk about, oh, we got a bunch of needs. But it's another thing to say, this is what we're going to do about it. And so if a person doesn't have heat, then I know Pastor Ken says, well, I got a couple space heaters and I got a generator. Be right over. So that, that's. Or I know somebody who has a space heater and a generator, and, and uh, so that way we can not only just, I'll pray about your need. You're hungry? Be fed. You know, that's that's a kind of a, a prayer that really doesn't go very far. Uh, we need to care in community, and that's what we've been doing this week. We've been working together as the body. When, when somebody has a need, somebody fills it up. All right. And we, uh, so in terms of... Uh, New material. Okay, now we get down to this week. So those were two principles that we had. Number one, uh, care for one another face-to-face. -face. Number two, care and community. When we're here, um, meet early, meet and you know, stay late, uh, communicate you know, as a group. Uh, so there, there are certain things that uh, you know, each of us can do that others can't do. Uh, if, you need a, uh, if you need a satellite up in the air, I know how to make them. But, uh, Nobody wants one of those things. But, but if you're a plumber or a, or a carpenter or an electrician or something like that, then uh, you get a lot of friends because you know, you know how to you know, sincerely help people. I can play a radio too, so. except I don't have one, I don't think. <laughs> All right, now the third, the third principle uh, after loving one another, one-to-one, uh, -one, and loving one another, and community. The third principle is care over a lifetime. It doesn't stop. Okay, uh, one of the problems that a pastor might have is everybody figures out, oh, the pastor knows everything. He's our source of information. Uh, he can deal with any problem. Um, and, and a pastor's job can be a very lonely job. Uh, one of the things that we're involved with uh, is uh, the Fringle Apes. Finger Lakes Baptist Association, and what they do is they, you know, we, we, we get together with other pastors. We find out what their problems are. We find out how to help them. 
uh, and, and it makes our community even bigger, not just this room, but, but, but throughout, the, uh, throughout the state. And we're involved in, in coaching, uh, which is, uh, I mean, I, I call a pastor, you know, down on the Hudson River area, and he, uh, you know, to find out how he's doing, how his job is doing, uh, how his work at church is doing, how his, his wife works these hours, and he was working these hours, you know, how's your, how's your uh, family working together? Uh, you know, I ask him, how, how can I best pray for you? It's all gospel intentional, but we can spread out. All right, now, care over a lifetime, though. I'm going to read a couple of verses to you. <clears throat> care of a lifetime, it, it, we, we still have this problem, you see, that, I, that if I'm away from the gospel, uh, the Bible says I can, I can, my heart can grow uh, hard through the deceitfulness of sin. <clears throat> We've talked about this in terms of television. You know, we get used to watching what's on television, and uh, and pretty soon sin doesn't matter anymore. What people talk about, uh, what they what they do. Uh, um, Marianne and I only have a couple channels that we're willing to watch, uh, and even those I don't like the advertisements on them. They get, you know, like I mean, Super Bowl's fine, so you get into some of their advertisements. But the whole point is that. This doesn't change when you get older. And older people need uh, just as much help. Older people uh, can get to the point where they can't do what they used to do. And so you have to try to help them find another ministry. Or actually what you do is you don't find a ministry for them. You say, have you prayed about this? You know, what does God want you to do? You know, we have various things available in the church. How do you want to plug in now? Parts get worn out. Of, of whatever they're used to doing, but they can do other things, and all of us can do. Uh, as long as your heart is open and you, you're open to God's word, uh, God can work in you. So uh, here's, here's a verse in Jude. Uh, this only has one chapter, so anyway, uh, uh, verse uh, 20 to 22. But you, dear friends, as you build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, expecting the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Have mercy on those who doubt, save others by snatching them from the fire. It don't quit. Uh, Hebrews 3, 14. Um, for we have become companions of the Messiah if we hold firmly until the end uh, the reality that we had at the start. Now, it's important to realize that uh, it's not that you're saved if you keep working till the end. It may be that you can't do what you used to do. So some people say, I can't do what I used to do. Does that mean I'm not saved? No, that's not what it's about at all. It's that if you are saved, you will serve the Lord for your whole life. Uh, you go through the word, uh, one of the things that we did in going to the Holman Christian Standard, you find the word slave in the New Testament. It's all over the place. It's, it's the word doulos. If you look at the Septuagint, you find out that doulos was the word that was used in the Old Testament for slaves. Uh, you go to a foreign country and you bring people back as slaves. They are property. You own them for the rest of their lives. And there's all kinds of rules on how to treat a slave. Uh, and many people volunteered to be a slave because their masters took good care of them. And that's what... That's what they're supposed to be. And we have the best slave master there is, is Jesus Christ. Uh, many of the Gospels talk about, you know, I, Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ. 
uh, I, Peter, a slave of Jesus Christ. It's, it's something you are until uh, you die. And it's not like I've done my thing. You know, I'm retiring. Marianne and I used to go to a church down in Bradenton, Florida, and there were a lot of retired missionaries down here. You know what they, their definition of retired missionaries is they got a new set of tires on and they're about to go out to the mission field again. They knew what their calling was. So we want to make sure that our, our older folk uh, have a ministry, can keep on in a ministry. If they need help in a ministry, you know, you can, you can help them. Uh, you know, we run out of strength. Uh, our eyes, uh, you know, don't work as well. Uh, Marianne was reading uh, by a couple of candles. I, you know, I, ca I can't do that. I mean, I, I put four candles all together and I got my, you know, I got my material in front of me and I, and I can't read it. Uh, you know, the eyes go, so you need to help. Uh, encouragement, loving one another over a lifetime. And besides that, it takes a lifetime for me to figure out what I ought to be, how I ought to be behaving for the Lord. Um, okay, the fourth one, fourth out of five, we're going there. Care with grace. All right, here's a, here's a nice verse in uh, Matthew 7, uh, 1 through 5, which it appears to refute everything I said about encouraging one another, exhorting one another, provoking one another unto love and good works. It turns out that that word in the Greek is parakaleo. Okay, para is alongside, kaleo is call, and it's a come along with me. And it's the word that Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to give you a comforter. The actual word comforter there, you look at the Greek, and it's parakaleo. The Holy Spirit comes alongside of us and guides us through life. You can't do it without the Holy Spirit, which is why you need to be born again in the first place and why you need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. So here we got a verse, uh, Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Now see how this fits. Uh, many people have taken this out of context. Do not judge so that you won't be judged. For with the judgment you use, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but don't notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and look, there's a log in your eye. Hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. All right, well, so the question is, are we to admonish, rebuke, exhort, stir up one another? Or are we supposed to not judge and keep quiet? Well, the only way I'm going to help you and the only way you're going to help me is to point out and say, hey, Mike, you got a little uh, rough spot there, but God can fix it. It was always gospel-centered, always encouraging. Uh, there's never a problem taking you, but is common with man, and there, God always provides a way of escape. He, you know, he's going to find a way to get over my rough spot and yours, and so we ought to be able to talk about that. So let's look at the context in Matthew chapter uh, 5, 6, and 7. Here we have in, in verse 5, he's talking to the hypocritical scribes and Pharisees who in their self-righteousness uh, did what they did to be seen by other people. So they prayed. They're kind of in the middle of a whole group. They get up on a little pedestal, and they had a nice loud prayer, and they tell people what they're doing wrong. Uh, I'm glad I'm not like this tax collector next to me. You know, that sort of thing. 
That's not where, how we're supposed to do this. So uh, one another care takes some degree of judgment and discernment. I mean, how do I know there's a real problem here? And, and, and how do I encourage you? In other words, I need some wisdom on this too. But its goal is to establish a life of reliance on God's love and grace, not condemnation, and certainly not with an attitude of self-righteousness. Let's work on this together. I got the same problem as you. I haven't, haven't noticed it in you. Maybe, you know, we can talk to each other. And uh, when either one of us runs into this, you know, we can be accountable to each other. That's a love type of thing. That's a call alongside uh, type of an approach rather than pointing a finger. You know what they say, uh, if you point a finger at somebody, you know how many fingers are pointing back at you? You know, we, got, we all have the same problems. None of us are above this. So we have to care with grace. And along with that, um, as a way of encouragement, uh, we have Romans 8.1. Therefore, no condemnation now exists for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're in Christ, okay, we've got rough edges. And we're going to have rough edges until we die. Count on it. But we're supposed to be working on those rough edges. We're supposed to be using the Holy Spirit, you know, as sandpaper to, you know, to smooth us out, to, to make us... Uh, have the love that Christ has. So we care for one another in everyday life. We care for one another in community. We care for one another over a lifetime. We care for one another with grace. And finally, we care for one another with good news. So it isn't gloom and doom. It's, I got some great news for you. We can work this thing out. So the good news is the gospel, okay? The lordship of Jesus Christ, his life of perfect righteousness, his saving death on our behalf, eternal life through his resurrection, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. What a blessing that is. And the care of our Heavenly Father. So here's, uh, here's two things we ought to be doing uh, in terms of good news carrying. In other words, I'm going to care for you, but uh, it needs to be good news for both of us. All right. The best the secular world has to offer is a positive self-image and positive thinking. But the gospel good news is that we can depend on the direction and the support of loving God. Isn't that great? I mean, there's a way out. Um, I don't know if you've tried the, the self-help books. I mean, that, it's a great seller on the bookshelves. How you can do it all by yourself, I guarantee you that you cannot do it by yourself. True love is a gift of God. You've got to be born again and the Holy Spirit working within you before you can have it. And you've got to work on it. You've got to say, I don't have the right attitude toward that person. What should my attitude be? And you find... Nice little verses like all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. Doctrine is what's right. Reproof is what's wrong. Oh, I got something wrong. But correction is how to get it right. Notice what are the Bible verses I should be counting on? Then how do I keep it right? I got to have a prayer list. I got to have a prayer life. I have to have other people that are praying with me. All these things are important. It's all gospel-centered. So uh, now the, uh, 
So the question is, are we promoting self-help when we talk to other people? We're trying to encourage them. We, we say, you know, here's what you ought to be doing, what you ought to be doing. It's not the Holy Spirit ought to be doing, but you ought to be doing. Uh, or codependence. Got to be careful of codependence. If you're depending on me and I'm depending on you and we're neither one of us are depending on the Lord, we still have a problem. You and I aren't any better than you or I. So uh, uh, we don't want it to be codependence, uh, but we need to have a complete dependence on God. And so we have a nice verse. Uh, I'm sure you all know it. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about him and all your ways and he will guide you on the right path. Uh, Marianne used to have an object lesson, you know, to teach the kids. And she had one that was kind of, kind of like a willow stick or something. You know, you try to lean on that and it's not going to help you. You know, it's just going to bend. And then she had one that was, I don't know, made out of some kind of ironwood or whatever. I mean, you could use those for stilts. And it, uh, you know, she has, you know, put the Lord on, on the side of that. Lean on the Lord. He's, he's the one that has the true strength uh, to uh, help us and to change us. All right, the other... Uh, the other good advice, uh, you know, c comes from uh, the authority of the advisor's accumulated but limited wisdom. Okay, I've been through this before. I know what to do. Here's what you do. Okay. Now, you've got to put that up against the gospel good news that comes from, comes from the authority of God. Right. I, I think it's much better when you have advice for somebody you say this is what God says rather than just parrot the words out because you understand that God keeps his promises God has a, God has a plan that works God wants you on his path that works he's going to bless you when you're on his path that works when you get off on a sidetrack you're saying I can do it myself and he'll let you do that sometimes for quite a while and you get frustrated you get tired Maybe you burn out. That's not what he has in mind. He wants you on his path, and when you're on his path, the fish are going to be on the right side of the boat. They're going to be there for you. He doesn't necessarily uh, break your nets when you're on the wrong side of the road, but you, uh, of the boat. But but you're not going to. You just won't get his blessing when you're doing something that's wrong. He may keep you alive. He's very patient with us. Not that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I need to understand that I'm off the path. I need to get back on the path. I repent. I'm forgiven. Then I go. So, uh, so the question is, is our advice, I, I, I might find out, you know, there are probably people that don't know who Dear Abby is. Anybody not know Dear Abby? Okay, everybody knows what Dear Abby is. So is my advice Dear Abby, or is my advice God's Word? See, there's a big difference. God knows each one of us, and what's right for you might be right, might, might be wrong for me. Uh, you know, so to, to give you my answer uh, might be the problem. One of the things that counselors run into all the time is a person comes up with a, with a problem, and, you, and the counselor's job is to find out not how to solve that problem, but to find out what the root problem is. That takes a lot of questions, and it takes a lot of discernment. And uh, in tough cases, it takes a lot of training, uh, which I don't have. 
Michael Grubbs, Dr. Grubbs, he's been through the training. And he, uh, he's, he's a, I don't know whether you've ever been with him, but he's a very patient person. And he doesn't talk a lot about himself. He asks questions, though. And the purpose of the question is to find out how is God talking to you? How is God directing you? What does God say is the biggest problem in your life? So let's pray about what God has for you. So that's the kind of advice we really need. And, uh, of course, we read 1 Corinthians 3.19. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. That's my wisdom. That's uh, anybody's wisdom. No matter how many degrees you have, you're still, if you look at, you know, from zero to God's knowledge, God's wisdom, we're, we're down in noise. So for, for us to even argue about what we know is foolishness. So we have, uh, we can proclaim a list of shall and shall nots and have the effect of condemnation. That's a legalistic approach. That's not good counseling. Just to have a set of rules uh, because that, that indicates that you have some control over what you do. But if you don't have a heart that has been transformed into God's love, you're not going to be able to do it on yourself. It's got to be God working through you. So you don't want to have the effect of condemnation. Uh, what we can do is we can proclaim the gospel good news that Jesus offers a refuge and a way out. You know, like I mentioned, the, uh, well, here, we'll read it here in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation or trial has overtaken you except what is common to humanity. You got a problem? Everybody's got a problem. It's not the problem, it's the solution we're looking for. God is faithful and he will not allow you to be tried, tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation he will also provide a way of escape so that you are able to bear it. See, God has the answer. He's got the right answer for each one of us, for each of our rough spots. So there we have it. Uh, we care for one another in everyday life, one-on-one. -on -one. We care for one another in community because we're a body in Christ. Uh, we care for one another over a lifetime. It's not going not gonna to stop. Uh, we care for one another with grace. Very important because God's grace is what uh, works in our life, and we need to work in grace with other people's lives, and we go with good news. So. Uh, I only have four points that I want to point out to you. These are called liberating truths. I am keeping track of time. These are called liberating truths. Uh, again, they're, they're covered in much more detail in here. And, and it has, these folks you know, that wrote Everyday Church have, they, they've done so much work on this in, in terms of their, their experience in, in helping people get together with the Holy Spirit in their life and, and to be able to get their lives transformed, not, not by their own activities, but by, by God's, uh, God's provision. And, and so uh, these liberating truths uh, you know, point out some things here. Most of our sinful behavior and negative emotions arise because we do not believe one of the following four truths. Okay, there's four tests for you. Uh, and I, I really love the songs this morning because each one of them seemed to promote us toward using, you know, one of these truths. Okay, this doesn't necessarily mean that we are heretics or untaught. Uh, 
we can believe all these truths in our minds, but if we don't have a mature application in our heart, they're not going to be effective. In other words, these are things that we have to keep testing ourselves on. Okay, number one. Phenomenal information. You're going to say, oh, I knew that. God is great. Okay, anybody disagree with that? God is great. So God is great, so we don't have to be in control. It, it, you know, it's human nature to want to be in control because I've got to protect myself, and I'm the only one there is, and, and nobody else matters. Uh, you know, it's all about number one, and, and if I can't control things, I get all upset. I, I become fearful. I, I, uh, you know, I, I get unglued. Uh, I start taking it out on other people. Uh, I complain all the time. If they only knew what I knew, or if they, half, if they had half a brain, <laughs> just half, uh, actually, we only lose, we only use, what, 10% of our brains, they say. Having half your brain would be really good, wouldn't it? All right, God is great. We don't have to be in control. Our human nature is insecure, and we do what we do in self-defense. It's all about me. We want to be in control. We want to dominate, or if necessary, manipulate. Are others to do our will, or you could go to the next step, and that's to force other people to do our will. Okay, that gets into physical violence or verbal violence or whatever. But but you know, all all is because we're not believing that God is great. Okay, people even get angry because they don't see that God is in control, because they've forgotten that God is great. All right, and since their needs are not being met, they feel that they have to take control themselves. God's not going to do it. I'm going to have to do it. 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord does not delay his promise. As some understand delay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. All right, remember, this is a couple of different things. You know, it might be talking about salvation. For somebody who's off, maybe they, they don't know the Lord. They're really out in the weeds. They need to get on God's path. That's true. But what about us? We voluntarily go off into the weeds. God is patient with us too. And he's waiting for us to come to repentance. I'm not talking about who's the Lord of your life. You can say that Jesus is Lord, but, but if you're doing your own thing, what do they say? He's either Lord of everything or Lord of nothing. All right, so we're forgetting that God is in control and our, actually, and think about this, our efforts actually may interfere with his guidance. If he's working in somebody else and you start messing with it, with your own solutions, you could be interfering with what God wants to do in their life. That's why it's really important to make sure that, uh, you know, each of us, when we care for one another, are caring for one another in God's principles. We go back to our five principles, you know, and do those things. All right, the good news is that God is the everlasting source of patient guidance for others as well as for us. Okay? God is great. All right. Um, number two, God is glorious. Well, everybody knows that, right? God is glorious. God is glorious so we don't have to fear others. 
Uh, we often crave the approval of others or fear their rejection. Um, is it... Uh, I mean, we know we know we know of a woman. I don't know her, but she lives in a kind of a small neighborhood. And recently, uh, she had three friends. Uh, one of them moved away. One of them won't talk to each other or won't talk to her anymore. And one of them actually went up to her and said, "You know, I thought we were friends, but now I realize you don't care for me at all." She's alone. She's afraid of being alone. Uh, and, and what we look at it is if Christ isn't next to you, in other words, if God isn't glorious and he's there, uh, we become afraid of everybody else. Everybody might be a threat to us or whatever, but we're not really, we're not really tuned into the fact that God is right next to me. And I've, I, I don't know whether you've heard it before. I, you know, a couple, a couple of years ago, we were in India and I got left with a phone with a dead battery and not sure whether I had a, a, uh, a ticket to get out of Hyderabad airport. I freaked out. What did I do? I forgot that God is with me, that God would protect me, that God had promised, I mean, I was on this trip, you know, to glorify him, and I forgot all about God. I forgot all about Jesus Christ, and it was a wake-up call for me. I don't know what your wake-up call is, but when we forget that God is glorious, that God is there and he's all-powerful, that we're going to worry about people. I don't understand their language. I'm not sure whether they know what I need. I don't know. Obviously, uh, I'm here. And so obviously I got out of the Hyderabad airport. And, uh, but I tell you, I mean, I called up Mary Ann when I finally got to the United States. And, uh, or maybe I was in, I think I was still over in uh, Amsterdam. And at least there are a few people there that understand English. And I, I was crying. It's a wake-up call. Okay, and we need, we need to make sure that we understand. You know, we can sing that God is robed with glory on Sunday. But when we get to work the next day, our boss eclipses that whole image of God, that God is in control. Uh, and we're frustrated by conflicting uh, demands on our time, on our talents, uh, and, and we're frustrated by a process that doesn't seem to work. Hey, it's great being retired. <laughs> I don't have to work. I don't have to worry about that. But there are other things like the power doesn't work or whatever. And when the, when the boss rejects our opinion, we become angry. Can't do it to him, of course, so it's all pent up and we, we spill it out onto the people that we know. You know, and we get angry about our situation. And that, ear, that anger really is an expression of fear. I've forgotten that God is in control. Well, there's good news. The good news is not to fear our boss less. And we're, we're supposed to respect those people in authority, and that's what fear and respect and things like that are all about. Uh, but it's to fear God more. In other words, respect God. I understand, you know, his promises. To see God in his glory, majesty, holiness, and love so that God eclipses our boss. So God is the source of our everlasting security, just as God, uh, God's guidance is the good news uh, 
that will uh, be in control of our situation. You know, they're really linked together, but they're two different fears that we have. Okay, third out of four, God is good. Anybody argue with that? No, we say it all the time. God is good. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. This is a favorite phrase over in, in Africa. I don't know where it started. Maybe it started over here, but, but the point, I mean, we sing that, but God is good. So we don't have to look elsewhere. Um, we can become angry because we're not looking to God for satisfaction. In other words, we're not, we're not comforted by his presence <clears throat> nor his provisions. We look to our family, our jobs, our possessions, our friends, our recreation. We even look to things that we don't have that we wish we had. We're always looking elsewhere. Uh, and, and this is why a lot of people get in debt because, uh, you know, I, God promised to provide all of our needs, not our wants, but, but we, you know, we get involved in a want. So what's a little bit more of this or that or the other thing? Minus food. You know, we'll get an eight-ounce steak. I was down in Texas one time, and they had a 16-ounce steak. And I thought, oh, that's good, that's good. But it was called the cowgirl. You know, I can't buy a steak called a cowgirl, you know. i got, I got to get the next size up. And it was like two pounds of, of, uh, of beef in front of me. And, you know, it's a pride issue. It's a, you know, I'm always looking elsewhere for, for something for satisfaction. So if any of these desires, even good desires, they can be good desires, if any of these things are threatened, we become angry because we don't have it. We're disappointed. God isn't providing for me. So um, Hebrews 11, 24 to 26, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the short-lived pleasure of sin. For he considered the reproach because of the Messiah to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. You see this also in the book of Daniel. Well, it's a question of, I don't want to eat the, uh, the king's meat, or I'm going to continue uh, praying to God three times a day, even though there's a law that says I'm going to get thrown in the lion's den. Because the whole thing is, I don't have to look elsewhere. I'm just looking to God for everything and being content with what God provides. So we go to Hebrews, uh, well, after Hebrews, and we see that there's good news. The good news is that most of our desires are shortcuts to satisfaction. Real satisfaction comes through Christ, you see. The shortcut may be a quick and immediate uh, solution for something, but it always ends up being temporary, never really satisfying. And that's where addictions come in, is, is that, you know, what, what you see, you get used to. And you say, there must be something better. So I keep looking for something better and something better and something, you know, and pretty soon it's just, God is nowhere in the picture. And this is why we need to be seeing each other every day, why we need to be encouraging one another daily. Uh, and I, you know, just because, uh, you know, I did that for 20 years doesn't mean that I'm all finished now. I, you know, you got to keep me going. So it's a, it's a continual thing for us. We don't want to be caught in a shortcut. All the ads you see on television are shortcuts. 
Well, the one that gets me uh, lately is the insurance company was only going to give me $7,000 for it, but I got blankety blank blank, and uh, they got me $350,000. What is it? It's a shortcut uh, because I need that money. I mean, I have everything that Christ provides. Do I, do I need more? Uh, we think that money is going to be the uh, solution to all things, but it's not. So God provides everlasting contentment. God is good. Last point. The last of our liberating truths. These are all liberating. I, you know, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to be in control. Uh, I don't have to be all-powerful as God is gracious. I don't, I don't have to be uh, good in terms of, of being able to provide all of your needs. Uh, God does all that. So finally, God is gracious. Since God is gracious, we don't have to prove ourselves. Uh, we're saved not by works, but by grace. Did, did, you have to be, did you have to pass a test to get salvation? We were nothing. We were good for nothing. See, God is gracious. That, that means that we, I didn't have to prove myself. That, that's the problem with salvation by works, is that I would have to prove myself. So trying to prove ourselves may be a defense against a fear that we might be inferior. I'm not doing the same job that they're doing. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't do what they do. Uh, I'm not as strong as I used to be. Uh, I can't see as well as I used to. You know, I mean, I, there's a lot of things that I see that I used to be able to do, but I can't do now. But, but somebody may come in and they say, you know, I don't, how, can, how can God use me? Well, God has a place for each one of us. God puts us into a body. Now, there are parts of our body that you never see, you never hear about. Uh, but I'll tell you, when they go wrong, they're a problem. So... You know, whether it's a spleen or a, or a, you know, appendix or maybe something little gets in there that's that not supposed to be in there, it, it really needs to uh, be, uh, be an issue that it's not, it's not me that controls things. Okay, I, I, I don't have to think about being inferior. I don't have to think about the fact that I'm sinless before I can come up to you and, and, and suggest that we talk about something. We may think that if we do something or like be obedient, or fast, or some other activity that God owes us something in return and will bless us in some particular way that we have in mind. When he doesn't, we may become embittered or resentful and take our disappointment out on others. We've got to remember that God is gracious. Philippians 4.19, And my God will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now the good news is that God doesn't bless us because we're worthy. Only Jesus is worthy. God is gracious to us because we are justified through Jesus Christ. Jesus has done it all. And we have nothing left to prove. In summary, throughout the last two weeks, we have gone through 1 Peter, uh, those few verses. We've understood what they meant. We need, we need to love one another with a pure heart. We've covered five principles that help us to care for one another in everyday life, in community life, over a lifetime, with grace, and with the good news. We've covered four liberating truths to help us care for each other by 
continuing, continuing, continually reminding each other that God is great, God is glorious, God is good, and God is gracious. Let God do it. We need to let God do it. Let's, let's stop trying to control each other's lives in as much as we do. I mean, I thank God for the love we had for each other this, this last week. But we need to make sure that that love is, is something that's gospel-centric, is something that, that encourages other, uh, maybe more toward, uh, or, or toward God, at least as much as temperature in our room. Okay? So uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we just thank you for, for this truth and, and Peter's gospel. Lord, we thank you for, uh, for reminding us of this, reminding us that, that each one of us is, is to play a small part in what we are all supposed to be doing together, and that's to obey you in, in terms of loving one another, and that one another includes people outside this church and includes people in the world who don't know you. Lord, help us to have a love that is, that is automatic, that comes from a, a pure and sincere heart, that only the Holy Spirit can develop in us. Lord, as each one of us thinks about this, I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands or anything like that, but as you're, as you're praying, you say, I have some problems with love. Sometimes I depend on myself, sometimes I expect too much of others. Lord, help me to be an encouragement to others. Help me to go alongside others. Help me to provoke others to love and to good works as they provoke me as well. And Lord, we want to do this for your glory. For it's in your, for your glory that we pray. Amen.